0: Get ready, it's time. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. Each episode of Motherhood Talk Radio features guests who all have a story, experts in their field, and information you won't want to miss. We bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy in your 40s, from great parenting tips to moms facing some tough challenges, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck.
1: everybody. This is Sandra Beck, and we've got such a great show today. We are visiting with Dr. Sandy. Now, we've done some shows with Dr. Sandy before. Her professional name is Dr. Sandy Gluckman, and she is just one of the most amazing women that you'll ever meet. She's not only a mother... A wife, a professional, but I can attest to you, she's also a very, very good friend. And I'm so excited to have her on the show today because what we're talking about affects everything. It affects our relationships, it affects our life. And, you know, here at our radio station, we really care about our listeners, and how we can navigate this new normal and these changes. Now, if you want to look up Dr. Sandy, you can go to Dr. Sandy Gluckman, and Gluckman is spelled G-L-U-C-K-M-A-N, DrSandyGluckman.com, and you can learn more about her as we go on today's show. Dr. Sandy, welcome.
2: Thank you, Sandra. I always enjoy talking to you and your audience. Oh, me too! Me too! We have your episodes are some of the highest
1: rated on our network, so we're really thrilled to have you back and talking to us today. We have so much going on. What's your take on
2: what's going on today? Yes, whoa, we have a lot going on, <laughs> so I have been reflecting very seriously on what's going on, why is it happening and how can we make this the most incredible opportunity of our lives, which may sound a little strange considering what's going on, but um, there is an opportunity that lies in this. And I'd love to share that with you today. So to begin with, I think that my take on it is that um, we all have a lower self and a higher self. And our lower self is very focused on our doing, 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 doing. So we're focused on achievement. We're focused on our appearance. We're focused on having things. We're focused on competing. uh, Very sort of material kind of values and focus. And those those are really part of our lower self. Mm -hmm. The problem with the lower self is that because we are so focused on this doing we actually place enormous stress on ourselves Mm -hmm. we pressurize ourselves and if we are talking about stress i because of my neuroscientific background and my physiological background i'm really talking about enormous stress hormones pumping through our system pumping through our body and our brain in changing our biochemistry and our neurochemistry, and of course, certainly not for the better. So the result is that we are now seeing an epidemic of um, mental problems, mental health problems in adults, and um, anxiety, depression, OCD, truly in epidemic proportions, which means millions of people are on medication. So i think the universe kind of took a look at what's going on down here and said oh no 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 this is now enough enough with the doing let's go and connect with the being and the being is our higher self and so that's where i think the enormous opportunity lies because sandra that you know my work is all about the children i work with the parents for the very uh, express purpose of healing the children because what's going on inside of the parent is going on inside of the child. And so for me, it's absolutely essential that we use this time to get into our own higher self so we can take the children into their higher selves because our children are also hurting. The, The number of children who are diagnosed and medicated is staggering. One in five children have got mental, emotional, or behavioral diagnosable problems and have been diagnosed and are medicated. So I think the universe said, uh, I'm sorry, you're just not getting this right. Mm -hmm. It's time now for us all to lift ourselves into the higher self.
1: Dr. Sandy, I'm so glad you're talking with us today as we head into May being Mental Health Month. And it's a perfect alignment with our sponsor, which is Talkspace. Now you can check out Talkspace. That's T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E. That's Talkspace.com. And if you go to Talkspace.com slash Motherhood Talk, like today's show, Motherhood Talk Radio, that's Talkspace.com slash Motherhood Talk. You can get $100 off your first month. Now, Talkspace is a place where you can go to get the support of a licensed therapist from the safety of your home. You can reach out from your device when anything is on your mind. And it's so cool because you can send your therapist text, audio, pictures, video messages from your phone or computer 24-7. You can go and talk as much as you need to and everything happens within Talkspace's secure platform so they match you with a licensed therapist based on your needs and preferences and they have thousands and thousands of therapists trained in over 40 specialties including anxiety depression and relationship issues and once you're matched you can start the therapy the very same day so that's really cool especially because so many of us are home you know during a crisis like this and you know life is so uncertain there's a lot of anxiety you know, when we're doing what we can to take care of our physical health. But, you know, today's show is all about taking care of our mental health. And when you're stuck at home, when you're, you know, oh my gosh, you're in the house with the kids all day long, you know, this safer at home. (laughs) Yes, it's supposed to be safer at home. But, you know, for moms stuck home with all of their kids in the house, you know, day in and day out, it's really tough. And it's hard to exercise or write in your journal or even call a friend. And so, That's what I like about Talkspace, and I really encourage you, if you're struggling right now, if you're, you know, worried, if you're anxious, if you're stressed out because you don't have your normal routine, and, you know, if your mind's going to those worst-case scenarios, please, please, please go to Talkspace.com slash Talk. I'd get $100 off your first month. You'll be so glad you did. These things are so important for our mental health, um, Dr. Sandy. And you know, before we were thanking our sponsor, uh, you talked about the higher self. So can you explain to me a little bit about the higher self? Because I hear these terms all the time, but honestly, I really don't know what they mean.
2: Yes, a brilliant question. Thank you for asking that. So this is how you're going to know, because in the lower self, When we are living on stress hormones, we are going to be displaying as adults, but then this is transferred to the children, but let's stay with the adults. We are going to be displaying fight, flight, or freeze. These are stress survival behaviors. So when we are in the lower self, we are in survival, and we're either the kind of personality who will fight, Or the personality who will flee inwards or even get frozen. So that's one way you can ask yourself Am I fighting with the world more often these days? Um, Am I angry a lot? Am I frustrated and irritated? Um, Or am I withdrawing a lot? Am I sad? Um, Am I fearful? Am I filled with anxiety? So the lower self has all those feelings, the frustration, the irritation, the anxiety, the worry, the fear, um, the sense of lack and loss and all of those things. So if you're experiencing any of those feelings, you can stop and say to yourself, okay, Stanley, right now, you're in your higher self, your higher, sorry, your lower self. Your lower self is in the driver's seat. And when we're in the lower self, we are not thriving. We are truly simply surviving.
1: Dr. Sandy, I'm just going to stop you for a minute right now because I really, you know, this is a great time to thank our sponsor. And our sponsor is one of my absolute all time favorite companies ever. It's the Great Courses Plus. Don't forget to put the T H E, the, the Great Courses Plus company. And. You can go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash motherhood and get this phenomenal offer. You're not going to get anything better anywhere else. You get a free month of unlimited access to their entire library. And I want to talk about uh the great courses plus for a minute because it is a staple in our household.
2: Uh-huh.
1: There is something from everyone. Um my household runs 8 to 80. I have small kids. I care for my 80 something year old dad in my house. I'm a single mom and I'm raising kids who really love to learn and we love to learn as a family.
2: Yes, yes.
1: And I want to give you an example of, you know, kind of how we're using it. Now, the Great Courses Plus has reliable, fact-based courses. And you can find a lot of this information on the Internet, but it's all mixed in. You're not sure if it's reliable. You're not sure if it's a trustworthy source. And that's why I like the Great Courses Plus, because they are a reliable source. And they have everything from U.S. ancient history, chemistry, biology, physics, algebra, geometry, grammar, writing, literature, art. You can learn how to play guitar. You can learn how to bake pastries or desserts. I mean, you can do just about anything. And what I like about them is they're broken down into bite-sized pieces. Yes. So right now, for me personally, as a mom, I am doing the Tai Chi Kijong class. And each one is 30 to 35 minutes, somewhere around there. And it comes with a guidebook, which I really like, a PDF guidebook that you can download. And concurrently, my kids, my older son, Max, who is a junior in high school, he is taking the physics and philosophy class to find out where the confluence is between physics and, um, you know, philosophical thinking.
2: Yes, yes.
1: And my younger one, who's thirteen, he is learning how to play the piano. And again, there's 36 lectures, and they're 30 minutes long, so you can do a little bite-sized piece. You know, you can totally binge on them, and sometimes I do. Um, but there's something for everyone. And the one thing that we would like to watch together as a family, all of us, is the this. Day in history. And this month there's a little, you know, they're like six, seven, eight, nine, ten-minute video on the Jamestown colony. And then the other one was about the Mount St. Helens eruption, and that's complete with video and footage. And so you can learn together as a family. You can control, you know, the amount of time you want to spend. You can binge, you cannot binge. Um, I just can't say enough about Um, the Great Courses Plus. The other thing we're doing because we're, you know, all at home and we're at the, uh, we're at, what do we stay at home and we're going to be safer at home at the end of the month. But we're looking at this Delicious Dishes series and they have a fall, winter, spring and summer series. And they're little 10 minute videos that teach you how to make a certain meal. And So I like to use those and my kids watch it and they can actually make the meal from it. So there is so much on there. You just have to go look like, you know, if you get on there and you love to learn and you want to look for something new and interesting for the whole family, not just you, not just your spouse, but for your your kids. And this can supplement their learning. It can really bring things like history and, you know, chemistry, biology to life. There's also fun things they can do like, you know, photography and how to paint you know things that can help pass this time when we're out of school, we're safer at home. Uh those things make a big difference in um our lives over here. So, to start your free month today, go to the slash motherhood Now that's the slash motherhood And you will be so glad you did. Now, Dr. Sandy, before we were talking about the Great Courses Plus, we were talking about the lower self. I'd like to know more from you about the higher self and what does that look like? What does
2: that mean? The higher self is that part of us where we have been able to connect with a place in the center of our being, which is calm, which is filled with serenity and joy that goes with the flow, does not feel like fight, flight, or freeze, but really understands there's a divine order to things, uh, a sense of acceptance of life and um, immense gratitude for all the blessings that we have, as well as the awareness of our blessings. So you can see that it's a very different kind of self because there is no frustration, anxiety, and all those things we spoke about in the higher self. It is simply a connecting with the energy and the vibration of health and wellness and joy and appreciation for life. It's a very, you know, both of those Sandra are energetic vibrations. So we can actually measure it. But obviously, At home, nobody's going to be measuring am I in the lower self or the higher (laughs) self. But it is measurable because when we're in the lower self, we are are using beta waves, B-E-T-A. Beta waves, those are brain waves, which are heavy, dense brain waves, which keep us feeling heavy. Mm -hmm. And as much as we wish and desire to change, whatever we do, it's like moving the deck chairs, on the Titanic or moving the furniture in the same room. We just can't seem to get unstuck. Whereas, well, it's
1: like a heavy energy. Like you you don't want to fold, like even folding laundry is too much or yes. making dinner is too much, you know. And we do these things every day. So so those beta waves that come out when we're in our lower
2: vibration, would you say they just make everything harder? They do. They make everything harder. Everything feels heavier and they tend to make us think of the worst case scenarios and think very negatively so it's an energetic vibration and um when we're in the higher self Mm -hmm. we're in a completely different kind of brainwave function which is the alpha brainwave so the alpha wave is faster it is it is um, um A much happier kind of brainwave that uh, helps us to heal quickly, to think positively, to connect with the good around us. And so it's a different kind of vibration. And, you know, Sandra, for me, the hugest, most important takeaway from this is that the energetic vibration of mom or dad becomes the energetic vibration of the kiddo. And so we are unintentionally forcing our children into the lowest self and the heavy energetic vibration of fear and anxiety.
1: Well, and Sandy, I think all of us can recognize this in this really simple example. Um, You've got a teenager who's waiting for the guy to call on the phone. And she's nervous and she's anxious and she's upset and she's going around the house, you know, Slamming things and you know, frustrated. I see this with my own kids. Then the boyfriend calls, all of a sudden, all is right in the world. She's happy and euphoric, and she's dancing and she's trying on clothes for what to wear for the next time she sees them. And those two examples of the same person show two very different energetic states. And so, using those two examples of the boyfriend calling and then waiting for the boyfriend to call. I think every parent can look at themselves and go, What kind of state am I in showing up every day? And I'll, I'll be honest, when I was first getting divorced and I was dragged into court and I was having all these problems, the days that I didn't wake up and show up to my little kids who were, you know, three months old and two and a half at the time. If I was stressed, I can tell you the baby was crankier. The toddler was drawing on the walls. There was a direct dial into how I was feeling that day to, they were like little radio receivers picking up that and reacting accordingly. And so if I was having a bad day, I was going to have a really bad day because the kids were reflecting that bad day. I used to call it the bad day mentality, but now we know it's a different energy.
2: That's a perfect example, Sandra, really it is. And I'd like to go back to your example of a teenager whose um, energetic vibration changes dramatically when the boyfriend calls. Excuse me. And um, what I want to say is that one of the things we need to be aware of is that we must be able to get that energetic vibrational change into that beautiful alpha wave Um, from the inside. In other words, we should not be hoping that always something on the outside is going to be able to make that change for us because otherwise we could be in real trouble. If we are waiting for the outside environment to take us into that beautiful energetic vibration, we could be in trouble. Well, we are in trouble. I think that's a,
1: a real big problem because every advertisement out there, Doctor Sandy, promises us beauty, well-being, happiness, all those things that that we need to feel is promised to us in the media. Buy this product, wear this clothes. If you look like her, you know you will have this. And I think you know we're really talking today about a form of wellness that's internal and doesn't require us to purchase anything or to subscribe or to log in to feel better about ourselves.
2: I love the way you put that, Sandra. Absolutely right. And so, you know, the uh, moms and dads who visit with me because the child has some kind of a problem, um, they all want one thing for their child, and that is emotional resilience. Mm -hmm. So how, how is Dr. Sandy, how can I make my child more emotionally resilient? Because the child's so fearful or anxious, afraid, worried, got low self-esteem, all those issues. How do I, how do I make my child stronger from the inside? And the truth is, it does have to happen from the inside out, not from the outside in. Right. No amount of talking to the child about you, you really should be more emotionally resilient or, you know, you know deal with world, the world in a much better way. That's not going to help. It's all about that energetic vibration. And when our kiddos and, and ourselves are in the low beta waves, we are not emotionally resilient. We are very uh, driven by our external environments. Mm-hmm. So we want, I, I just had this dream um that you know first of all i do want this virus to go away as fast as possible on the other hand i'm thinking well while it's around let's let's use this time moms dads, let's use this time to go inwards to strengthen our inner being our emotional resilience our ability to feel serene and calm and actually excited about what how the world could be different and then when we do that, our children see us doing that, and they will do the same too That's right now imagine imagine just being able to get out of this horrible situation um, having connected with your higher self and go into the new norm with the higher self and the values and the behaviors and the feelings of the higher self because I'm f- afraid that if we go into the so-called new normal and try to repeat what we did before, we will just fall back down into the lower self.
1: Of course. I mean, that's the definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and expecting different results. I mean, Einstein taught us that. So if we have hit the pause button, which is what I call it in my life, we've hit the pause button, Mm. we've paused sports, we've paused school, We've paused a lot of work, you know, all these things we've we've paused, not by our choice. If we look at our higher self, then the higher self will go, okay, why am I pausing these things? I know for me, Dr. Sandy, I was running around like a lunatic, going to soccer, going to baseball, getting my client this and, and doing all these things. And this pause button has allowed me to go, was that? Sandra that existed before the pandemic, was she living her best life? Was she in her higher self? Was she a person I would want to be friends with? These are the questions that I'm asking, you know, during this pause button with the pandemic going, you know what? No, because Sandra was never present. I was either at the event, thinking about work, thinking about work going, I've got to go to the event for my kids you know, one of the things I realized is I was never fully present until the universe plunked me back in my home with my kids and all of a sudden we're fully present with each other for maybe the first time ever.
2: Right, right. And that issue of being fully present, you know, it's such an important issue. But once again, I'm going to share it with you the way I see presence from the from my neuroscience background, in in other words, so why is being present so important? Um, It's important because first of all, just for ourselves, I'll start with us and then I'll talk about with our children, but just for ourselves, being fully present means we are aware of what's going on inside of us and around us. Mm -hmm. and that awareness is changing our chemistry for the better we are not living in a uh, disconnected way from the world in some space in our head where we've got a lot of shoulds and should nots and I need to to be doing this and what's the time now and I have a deadline and none of that has got anything to do with feeling good and being in the higher self so being present does take us into the higher self but there's another piece again my wonderful wondrous kiddos when mommy is not present oh yes she's geographically in the space i'm in we may be sitting on the same couch but i sense that she's not energetically there with me she's somewhere else in her mind What happens in those children is they begin to feel unsafe. They feel lonely. They feel empty. Um, Anxiety rises for them because they need that connection in order to feel whole.
1: Well, and I'm sure, you know, I've I've had this with my kids. They'll say, pay attention to me. Yeah. You know? And, you know, especially when they're really little or they're like, oh, mom's zoning out again. That's the thing I hear now. Like, mom, pay attention. Sometimes my kids will clap to get me to pay attention Um, because I think as some parents, we do kind of go off in our own little world. I can go, you know, I'll start matriculating in my head, Dr. Sandy, a problem that I have in a software program or a problem I have, and I'm so lost in my head You know, the stuff is burning on the stove and the kids are like, mom, mom, the house is on fire. You know, and that's a very kind of exaggerated example, but it did happen with our brownies this week. Um, (laughs) It's harder for some people to stay present and focused. I think some people have a harder time of it than others, don't you?
2: Yes. And, you know, not being present um, and escaping from the present is often just a way of escaping from reality. Maybe there's something we don't wish to see. Um, So we just become non-present, but of course the reality gets bigger and larger and affects our lives in a different way. And so the other thing about not being present is what happens is we go into our ego self instead of our authentic spirit. So for me, the, 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 the ego and the authentic spirit are opposites. And when we're in our lower self, our ego self is driving in the driver's seat. And there are two kinds of ego. There is the ego that beats up on others. You know, I'm okay. It's just you. That's not okay you got it all wrong the world's got it all wrong the leaders have got it all wrong the banks have got it all wrong the schools have got it all wrong but nothing wrong with me i'm fine i've got the blueprint on reality and i understand the way it should be and you're just not getting it so there's that ego the i'm okay you're not okay ego and then there's the ego of i'm not okay everybody else is better than me and that doesn't sound like ego but it is and that's the one of, of us that beats up on ourselves or so, the victim yes we play the victim absolutely and maybe even the people pleases um so when we're not present who's present our ego self which is part of our lower self
1: so um, how do we know if we're in our authentic self or our ego self. Like, I think sometimes it's easy, like when somebody pushed my buttons last week, and I couldn't even believe what came out of my mouth. Dr. Sandy, you know, this woman was grinding on me, and she was so obnoxious. And I found myself saying, well, you know, I have a master's degree in business, and I have this, 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 and da 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 I couldn't believe what came out of my mouth. And I, I didn't like that person. That person was tense and angry and and trying to prove something, and I get when I'm not in my authentic self, but how do you recognize when you are in your authentic self? Like,
2: I think it's easier to recognize when you're out of it rather than when you're in it. Absolutely. Because, you, you know, when you're in it, as you say, you're going to find yourself doing and saying things which later you regret. And sometimes quite not, not much later, almost as it comes out your mouth, you go, oh, my gosh, what, 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 what's going on with me? So, yes, we can identify those. And, of course, when your ego is in the driver's seat, you're also going to have lots of aches and pains because Mm -hmm. the ego causes tension in different parts of our bodies. It causes dis-ease and eventually disease. So you can recognize that. But when we are in our authentic, spirited, real self, we will know because one of the major emotions that come up for us is the emotion of compassion. So we look at others with enormous compassion, even though we may not like who they are, Mm -hmm. we may not um, uh, resonate with their values, we may not resonate with their politics, um, we just don't feel good in their space, we don't like their energy, but we feel compassion. We know that this person is actually hurting inside. Mm -hmm. They're doing what they're doing because they're hurting. And so there's enormous release in that. And that's, I think, one of the major recognizable aspects of the authentic higher self.
1: Well, I think one of the things for me that I think is me being in my higher self is I'm not irritated by much. -hmm. You know, when I'm in my higher self, you know, my one kid can be blasting his music. The other kid can be blasting his video games. My dad can have his TV on full because he can't find his hearing aids and it sounds like World War II because he's watching the History Channel in the living room. I mean, these are common occurrences. And then my dogs are barking and they're playing and there's just this like cacophony of noise. If I'm not in my higher self, I want to jump out the window like, and I want to go out and I'm like, shut up to everybody. But when I'm in my higher self, like now I feel like I'm in my higher self. I just heard my kid drop something upstairs in his bathroom and it broke. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. I think it's it, when you're in your higher self, would you say life is easier? Life is more fun. Life is more peaceful.
2: Ah, oh, absolutely. And it's just a sense of flow instead of, um um responding reacting um it's just a sense of i don't have to react to this right i just feel so whole inside of me and um, so yes it's life is it's just much more beautiful all around
1: well, and I think the more peaceful I become, you know, when I started meditating, I used to call it my daily meds, like, like, my gosh, it's got to be six, seven years ago now, when I was going through court with my ex husband and my mom had passed away, and I'm really stressed. And I would do my daily meds and people like, Oh, what are you taking, you know, naming all these things. And I'm like, well, I'm getting up in the morning and I'm doing a meditation and I'm not really good at sitting still Sandy I'm not really good at focusing but what I can do is put on um you know like I use an app and I listen to that app and I'm able to sit quietly or sometimes I use that same meditation app and I walk cuz not everybody is meant to sit still and I'm a fidgeter and a, and a you know, so and when I would take a yoga class, I'd always have to sit in the back because everybody would be doing everything so slowly and then I'd be like, hello, oh, you know. And it's just not the way I'm made. And it was more frustrating for me to try to slow down than to kind of sit in the back and do my own thing. But once I got in my groove, and I think that's what's so hard about the authentic self is even though it looks the same kind of for everybody getting there might be a little different
2: path for people. Yes. And I'm I'm glad you brought up meditation because in all the science, years and years of scientific um, research has really led us to understand that meditation is one of the um, best ways to move out of the beta waves into the alpha wave. And that's really what meditation does for us. It takes us into an alpha state of being where we're floating, we feel serene, we don't feel reactive at all. We just we just go with that incredible sense of joy and appreciation and gratitude. So um, meditation is the most powerful way of moving out of beta into alpha. And then once we have experienced Alpha, we do have to come back into the real world. We can't live in Alpha all the time Mm -hmm. because Alpha is a timeless timeless brainwave. Um, So we do come back into um, the the real world. But we come back with that beautiful feeling that you described of just going with the flow, not making judgments, Um, not finding things to be irritated about, just enjoying what's going on around us. Well, and I want to talk about the
1: difference between discernment and judgment, because I don't think I learned this till I was like 30 years old or maybe 40 years old. I don't remember that. I always was confused, Dr. Sandy, because kind of the go with the flow meant to me that you just allowed everything to happen until I realized that there is discernment and there's judgment. Judgment is, in my mind, is like, you know, you can't pour that glass of milk because you're going to drop it. I just judged you. And discernment might be going, would you like me to pour you a glass of milk? You know, my little one was always going to try to pour the milk, you know, and pour it all over the counter. And he was just too young and I didn't want to make him feel bad. I didn't want to yell at him. I didn't want to be a person I wouldn't be. So I would be like, Hey, you want me to pour you some milk? And I would get the milk out. I was discerning that at his age, it wasn't great for him to be doing this. And I only have so much milk, but Judging means you can't do it or you're going to do it wrong or you're going to. I think there's a difference between discernment and judgment because discernment means you make the best decisions with the information you have. Mm -hmm. And judgment is, I know better and you're wrong or you're this or you're that. I think it's a much different energy in the body.
2: Very much so. And judgment comes from the ego. It's only the ego that judges. Um, because you know the ego is actually it actually the ego came into being as a way of protecting ourselves okay yes you know to have a a way of being so that mommy and daddy and the teachers and, and and everybody else significant in our lives will give us approval so we developed an ego self which was not the real self but the ego self very soon learned how to be in this family, in this classroom, in this religious environment, etc., and then performed in that kind of way in order to receive approval and acceptance. Um, but the uh, problem with the ego self is that it then becomes very judgmental mm-hmm. and judges others. Discernment is a beautiful, um, a beautiful skill, where the Authentic self is able to proactively think about what could happen and then come across again with compassion. Mm -hmm. Would you like me to pour you some milk? So there's a very big difference.
1: Yeah, and I think you know that was a hard, that was hard for me to understand because I think certain um certain environments we come from, certain school education, certain religious. Um, instruction will often teach us to. Um, n- they won't teach us to discern. They will no. teach us to d- judge, True. and they'll also. And in some cultures, on top of it, they'll say, "Well, anyone who disagrees, you know, if you disagree, you're not a nice girl. You're not being polite. You're not, you know." And it was. It's always interesting to me. Every um, summer. I have, when my kids go away with their dad on vacation, I have like a girls weekend retreat at my house. And two of the ladies that have come for years are from, uh, one's from Iran, one's from Israel and their cultures are very different for women. And they, we have the most fun Sandy, because we'll all be sitting out having a barbecue by the pool and they'll be like, Sandra. Sandra. Say no. It's okay for you to say no. Because my cultural upbringing, my religious upbringing, my family dynamic, and my education was something that trained me that no was somehow a bad word. That, you know, I couldn't say no or I couldn't disagree. If I disagreed, it was impolite. And then I'm there with my Iranian friend and my Israeli friend who are like, let it rip. You know, they, they say what they think and then they come to me and then they start giggling. Cause I'm like, uh, 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 you know, and I, I finally get it out, you know, once I'm comfortable enough with people that I can, can be that way. Um, but it, it, it makes it difficult to understand discerning versus judgment Because we all have those educational, cultural, religious trainings. And so, how do you recommend that somebody examine their own prejudices, if you will, their own judgments, if you will? You know, because we may be a well meaning mom, but acting in a completely judgmental manner and not even realize it.
2: Mm -hmm. That's a big question. But (laughs) let's look at a. A quick answer, and that is that this may sound weird, but the truth is, I think the best way to do that is first of all, have the awareness that um, there's a lower self and a higher self. Yeah. I've become aware of how much of my life am I being driven by the lower self, and how much time of my life, let's say, of a, of a week or a month. Am I in my higher self? And when I do this with my clients, they're often horrified. They will tell me it's 90% in the lower self and 10% in the higher self. So step number one is an awareness. Uh, um, step number two is then a desire that, to change, but a recognition that change will never occur. While I'm in the beta waves of the lower self driven by stress hormones, I therefore have to go into the alpha waves to, to change. And so it's back to what you spoke about a moment ago, and that is meditation. That's mm-hmm. the only way we're going to really discover discernment is by being in the higher self. Mm-hmm. The higher self doesn't know judgment. It, will, it, has no, uh, it just doesn't know how to even do it. Mm-hmm. it. It wouldn't enter the higher self's mind to judge. The only thing the higher self knows is to be discerning.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. so it's again an energetic vibration and the only way we can go there is with meditation Mm -hmm. because you know sandra i think that the thing that kind of saddens me is that there's some very brilliant people out there who are selling some amazing workshops and programs online the thing is though that if the person who's buying the program is really deeply stuck in the beta waves Right. And listening to the program with all the, the, the a genius of the program and wonderful steps of action and wonderful insights, those things will not stick right. because the beta waves doesn't allow it. You know, it just will not stick. So that's why meditation becomes so important because if we really want to make some real, measurable, significant wonderful change in our lives we can't do it in the lower self we can only do it in the higher self
1: mm-hmm.
2: and meditation takes us there and then we find ourselves behaving in discerning ways without having consciously said i need to be more discerning sandra mm-hmm.
1: It is. Well, and I think one of the things that was surprising to me, you know, because I was always a real good prayer, you know, I learned how to pray, you know, in my church growing up and, you know, and I thought pray, pray, pray. And for me, praying is one direction. And then when I learned to meditate and bring that as a practice in my life, along with prayer, you know, I haven't substituted anything, but prayer is kind of like the going out and then meditation is the coming in. So I kind of do all my talking and my praying (laughs) and, you know, with my, my time with God or spirit or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, I have my outgoing thing. And then once I've kind of like, Oh, okay, that's out. Then I can be quiet and then I can let whatever the peace, the calm, sometimes the information comes back to me that I need, you know, who knows where it came from? You know, I, I don't know. I don't judge it, but I'm like, Oh that was pretty neat. Right. So I think, you know, some people think, you know, prayer and meditation are different. I think they're kind of other like flip sides of the coin, you know, and you can work them together. One doesn't have to necessarily supersede the other. And my prayer tends to be more gratitude based, and then my meditation is more receiving. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it I think everybody has to kind of sink into their own practice.
2: Yes, I'm so glad you mentioned that because um, I think people think that if you pray, you shouldn't meditate. Right. Or if you meditate, you have to give up your prayers. Right. Not at all. They're a beautiful marriage, wonderful marriage between prayer and um, meditation. So you, you consciously say, this is my time for prayer. I'm going to connect with God, or as you say, spirit, or universe, whatever works, and I'm going to have a conversation. And then I'm going to go inwards and connect with me, the real authentic me, the alpha wave me, which then allows me to actually have a higher relationship with God. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and I think, you know, I add on a little, like my cherry on the top when I go through, cause this is my nightly routine and, you know, I hop in the bathtub and I, you know, kind of take my bath, I do my things. And then as I start to relax, I reflect upon my day. And then I think about what did I do good? What did I do? What could I have improved on? And then I set my intentions for the next day to do better in this or to enjoy this or whatever it is, three little intentions. And then I hop out of bed and I do my prayers and you know, it doesn't take me more than five or 10 minutes. This isn't some big exhaustive thing. And then once I'm finished with my prayers, I do my little gratitude in my head and then I put on my earphones and I listen to my guided meditation and more often than not, I wake up in the morning still with my little ear things on. Like I literally have just passed out and I have the most restorative, wonderful sleep. And a lot of times when I wake up, Dr. Sandy, my intentions are at the tip of my tongue. You know, like they're, they're right there waiting for me, just as if I had packaged them up the night before and put them at the foot of my bed. Right. Beautiful. What does yours look like? Like, I'm always interested, you know, What what is your morning or your night or your meditation ritual look like?
2: Yes, so I, I meditate twice a day, once in the morning, early morning. It's the very, very first thing I do when I rise. I, I don't want to get too busy before I meditate. You know, I just want to be in that half sleep, half awake state. And I have a, a place in my house which is my meditation room and my meditation chair, and um, the uh, covers for my eyes because I do believe we need to cover our eyes when we meditate so that we are taking away the distractions of the material world around us. And then I have my headphones so that I'm taking away the sound distractions, and then I go into um, very, very deep meditation. <clears throat> I've studied with. Dr. Jada Spencer for many, many years. And his meditation is, I think, one of a kind in the world today, very, very different. You know, um, it certainly works for me. It's changed my life dramatically. So I do that morning meditation and then I get up, and it's always followed by um, something warm to drink, some nice herb tea, and I, then my exercise routine. So exercise can be jogging, it can be yoga, it can be um, um, Zumba. Um, I'm a type A personality, so I like high impact a lot. It can be kickboxing, um, but every day there is something that I'm using my body for. And the combination I think of the meditation which frees me of my body. I, I, you know, with the with particular meditation I do, I don't know I have a body for an hour, which is so, so beautiful. I'm just bodiless. I am not Dr. Sandy. I am not a person. I have no identity. I am just the highest vibration I can be. And then the combination of that with using my body um, puts me ready for the day. And then I do meditation in the evening, and it also helps me to sleep a great deal better (laughs) then. Yeah.
1: And I think it's important that we, as, especially as women, you know, I can't talk on behalf of men. I'm not a man. And, um, you know, I'm sure it's good for everybody, but you know, my shows are geared towards women. And I think when we have a morning routine and we have an evening routine, um, and I've, you know, fiddled with mine over the years and, you know, included some things, dropped some things out, made it much more simpler. Um, those routines help us set us up for a great day. They also set us up for a great sleep, you know, and I really didn't make the connection between routine and a good day or routine and a good night's sleep until recently.
2: Right. And the reason why it makes us ready for restorative sleep and, or a good day is that it takes us out of beta. Uh, Because when we, if we're trying to go to sleep on beta, we are thinking a million thoughts and planning for tomorrow or having some horrible thoughts about a worst-case scenario that, God forbid, should not happen. Um, and how are we going to sleep in beta? We're not. We're just filled with stress hormones which don't allow us to sleep well. The cortisol level is too high. And then um, um, so the whole thing about the uh, routine and including meditation in the routine is to get us out of beta. And that's why we'll have a, a better day as well, because we if we have been to visit Alpha, uh, we come back. It's almost like um, all the stress hormones have been swept out for that day and we're ready to start afresh.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. So everybody listening today, Be mindful of your morning routine and your night routine, and if you are sequestered at home or you are sheltering in place, what a great time to experiment on a morning routine or a night routine that might work for you and, and increase your health, increase your vitality, increase your enjoyment and your relationships will follow. Uh, We've been visiting today with Dr. Sandy Gluckman. You can find her at drsandygluckman.com. She also has a lot of helpful YouTube videos out there as well as a very interesting blog. Sandy, do you have any great advice for our listeners today as we wrap up the show for how to navigate this new normal that we're going through.
2: Before I answer that, can I just say that I have just, uh, I think a few days ago posted a, a video on YouTube on um, the routine during these, um, these uh, challenging times for ourselves and our children. Routine is absolutely essential for our kiddos because when there is no routine, it increases anxiety. So, if um, anybody wants to watch that video, um, it's on my YouTube channel, which you can get to through my homepage um, at the bottom. And um, I also do have a um, an amazing program. It's a seven-video program on how to heal anxiety and fear in children, and doing it from the inside out, not trying to heal it from the outside in. So um, that's available also on my website. And so your question was, do I have any advice? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the there's so many things going through my head at the moment, but I think that my biggest suggestion at this point in time is to ask yourself, for us all to ask ourselves, what is truly essential and meaningful for me in life? Mm -hmm. And that being, once we've identified that, that being the case, what do I need to let go of?
1: Wow. Wow. Thank you, Dr. Sandy, for being my guest today. You can find out more about Dr. Sandy at drsandygluckman.com. We'll be back again next week with another great episode.
2: Thank you, Sandra. Stay well. You too.
0: Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck. Join us again. We've got something you won't want to miss. Motherhood Talk Radio is a production of Beck Multimedia.